Hello, this is Rob Hirschfeld with another episode of the Lady Shiny Podcast. Today, I am piloting by myself. Sadly, Stephen, I think, is enjoying some beautiful fall weather and uh, will join us at another time. So very envious because I've been chained by my, my desk doing uh, split streaming multiple conferences. Um, and that is its own, own type of springtime. So today we have an amazing guest. Uh, Dave Found is the CEO and president of Shuttle Ops. Um, and they are coming out with some new products. And so we were excited to get them on to talk about what they're doing, why it's important, how you should pay attention. So Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Rob. Glad to be here. Appreciate it. So let's, let's just sort of get into it. You know, give us some background on yourself and then also you know, what Shuttle Ops is doing and, and how you came about. Yeah, sure. Uh, as as uh, Rob said, my name's Dave Found. I'm the uh, CEO and president of ShuttleOps. Um, we're an exciting platform that really focuses on CI/CD, um, a CI/CD experience in a no-code way. Uh, it's really an amazing platform that we're bringing to market. But before we jump into that, give a little bit of history of where we kind of all came from, I guess. Um, we started our, our roots um, from our parent company in Indeliant, uh, which provides a lot of different services. One of those services is DevOps. We've been engaged in a lot of different clients, large and small and everything in between. And what we've been doing is, or what we decided to do is take a step back and really evaluate our clients' needs um, from that. We saw a really opportunity that a lot of uh, our clients had the same need and it was really around application delivery and simplifying that process for them. And that's why uh, we decided to productize that effort and bring uh, out a no-code CI/CD platform in ShuttleOps. And that was the birth of ShuttleOps, which uh, launched earlier this year in May. Um, and we have some exciting stuff that we're rolling out um, with uh, the support for Kubernetes and, and containers as well. So that's a, a brief history of, of <laughs> ShuttleOps, I guess. That's a lot, a lot of things for us to dig into. I'm, I'm right. always curious in, in, the, in a founding story, right? I want to get it, dive into the tech. People know we, we love to get to the, the, 2 -0, the 2 on levels. But at the same time, was there a customer experience or an event, something that, you know, you all said, ah, oh, this is, you know, this is a product. What, what was that? Was there a moment or did it sneak up on you? Oh, great question. Um, I don't think there was one moment. I think there's always a been a passion. Myself, have, I've had that passion to productize what I see around me. We're um, a great services provider, and, and that's a wonderful part of our business. Um, but I still want to, I, I feel selfish to not productize it to get it into more people's hands. That's really the benefit that I, I love about ShuttleOps and some of the other product initiatives we've, we've had is really we're trying to take our expertise and get it into more people's hands because um, it's, it's really unlocking knowledge and knowledge sharing is just something that I, I really strongly believe in. It's an interesting, I, I, I really, really agree. That's been, you know, for the work we do and I think DevOps in general, it, it, we see people like repeating the same pattern over and over again, but reinventing uh, the code. I always point to the Ansible Galaxy where you have like, you know, a thousand different playbooks for installing Memcached. Um, right, right. <laughs> it just, 
act like they're all 99% the same. Why can't we just keep, you know, use the same one anymore? No, exactly. Um, and, and you know what else is interesting about that, Rob, is, is that discovery, right? I, I think, uh, you know, hopefully only about, um, you know, 20% or less are actually, um, you know, seeing it and doing it again. Um, I think many of them, they, they may not know, um, of the existence or there it's that discovery process. It's that learning phase. Um, it's such a high, high barrier to entry almost. Right. And so mm. that's a good way to learn is to you know learn to do by doing so to speak. Um, but it really, it ends up in pro- proliferation as well. So I, that seems like a natural place for me uh, to ask you about something. I, I guess I tend to be skeptical about, which is the whole phrase of no code. Um, or low code for this? I mean, you're describing CICD is incredibly complex integrated stuff. Yeah. How, how, how can, how can you make that no code? Yeah, no, that, that is a great, great question. So I think there's a, there's a two part answer to that. (coughs) Pardon me. First and foremost is we do have a restriction or we do have a requirement, I guess, not a restriction, a requirement for our users to use an application packaging uh, tool. So our first launch supported uh, Chef Habitat, um, and our latest launch is supporting Docker. So because you have that Docker file or that plan file, we can now uh, enable that connection. So we connect into your uh, source code repository directly. Uh, we manage that build for you in an ephemeral build node. We deploy that out by just uh, giving you a, a, a very intuitive UI to kind of manage that deployment pipeline. It's all in a visual pipeline editor. Um, and then you bring that out and, and manage the, app, the running application. And so by making just those assumptions and, and being a bit opinionated, uh, we can basically simplify that experience for, uh, for, our community, for our community and our users. And so I think that's really the, the focus is the complexities require code. The simplification is where you can uh, make your opinionated um, decisions and really bring, bring to market a powerful tool for, for those who are kind of uh, in that mid-market um, stumbling their way into DevOps or, or maybe haven't even been exposed to it just yet. Right. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. So part of part of the no code experience are these visual builders. You know, you're it's it's helping somebody, you know, piece together a lot of these different components. I guess is the way I would, would see it. Is that a fair? It's yeah, like it's not it's not magic. <laughs> it's not like you, you you say here's my code and deployments come out. You actually get to see. You know, there's some observability. I guess maybe that's not the right word here, but of of what the process is and how to build how to build a process that works for you. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. It's only about fifty percent magic, and then the rest is some some good work. Uh, but no, it's so yeah. I think you're hitting the nail on the head in that um, your experience within the the platform because you're in that visual editor, you see what the steps are happening. We start you off already. We give you a pipeline template and really get things going for you. But really, um, the from from code to cloud, so to speak, there's a lot of great point solutions along the way, um, and so. In, in, in a lot of organizations, you may integrate with each one, but that creates this huge knowledge silo and, and uh, you're investing a lot of time and, and resources into that. 
and you know you can lose that through attrition as well which is very costly yeah um what chumlops does is it it makes those uh it, it establishes those connections for you uh those integration points so that you can leverage those those choices that we've been through with our largest clients we've implemented for our largest clients and now we've kind of done that for you and, and share that experience um just seamlessly well that makes a ton of sense so Behind each one of those visual steps, there's going to be a, a module, there's code, there's, there is code behind there. Can people poke into that code and, and see what's going on? Does that, you know, is that something an advanced user would ever do? Or is it just, you know, ShuttleOps takes care of that? Yeah, right, right now, ShuttleOps takes care of that. That is on our roadmap to can enable a, a much more uh, power user, so to speak, or an advanced user to mm -hmm kind of dig into what we're doing uh but right now we just take that on your behalf and and we'll 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 do the heavy lifting interesting okay that makes a lot of sense from that perspective and then oh boy it just so when you see somebody pulling in shuttle ops to do this type of ci work or cd work really continuous deployment does does that then translate into something they don't have to do what what type of of you know you know, when, what's your, is your customer experience like, I, you know, we're doing a whole bunch of stuff by hand or, you know, what's, what are they replacing? Yeah, no, great, great question. Uh, one of the biggest areas, and because there's a few, few different answers to that question, but one of the biggest areas is when an organization jumps in and tries to tackle, um, you know, spinning up their, uh, you know, their CI tool, whether it's, you know, Jenkins or Travis or, or Circle, um, they're trying to kind of engage in those platforms. Then they're uh, going in and, and trying to learn, you know, uh, a, um, a way to manage kind of uh, application secrets, whether it's Vault or, or what have you. Then they're uh, trying to understand the uh, provisioning platforms, whether it's Terraform or Ansible or, or whatever. And so they're investing in each one of those. And usually it's their first time through and it's been a stumbling block. And we all know the, you know, the first code we've ever written, you want to turn around and throw it in the garbage about it, you know, either six months or a year later. Um, and so we, we just want to avoid that. We, we don't need the, the, um, these organizations to stumble their way through life, so to speak. Instead, we want them to focus on their business problem, right? They, they need to get their applications um, delivered quickly and get, get into that um, time to ROI, reducing it through their CICD uh, process. And we also want to enable kind of the business to participate in that. And that's one of the reasons we really emphasize simplification is so that, you know, you can bring the business use, uh, users into that process to understand it, to see it, to leverage it even themselves in, in the case of like uh, spinning up demo environments for uh, client, client engagements, mm. things like that. All of these tools are, or all these um, practices are things that ShuttleOps really uh, helps, uh, helps address. And so, you know, it, it answers a lot, of, a lot of those questions, but I'd say that's probably the biggest one is trying to avoid that, that stumbling, stumbling block uh, entrance into, into the DevOps space. That makes sense. And so when you like, I guess when I'm thinking about the demo, the, the demo environments to me is an interesting one because now you're saying, look, here's my code. I can spin up an environment really easily. Does that mean you're going all the way through like a resource allocation provision, bringing up machines in a cloud? What's, what's it look like to actually um, deploy an application with shuttle ops? Yeah, that, 
That's exactly it. Um, you can uh, go straight to provisioning, uh, whether it's VMs in AWS, uh, GCP compute instances, or Azure virtual machines, for example, um, or to uh, deploying your Kubernetes uh, to your Kubernetes clusters, for example. Um, ShuttleOps does all that uh, provisioning and handling uh, for you. And so you, re you literally can go from your uh, code repository to running that application on a cloud uh, environment, whether it is uh, you know, virtual machine based or uh, container based uh, running in Kubernetes um, within just a, a handful of clicks. And it's all through the visual pipeline editor, the build pipeline and the deploy pipeline. They're both the same kind of visual experience for the user, very low um, barrier to entry and, and low learning curve associated with those. Interesting. And then so from that, boy, there's I've, I have a couple, <laughs> there are a lot of questions from there. Um, in, in, a, in the Kubernetes case, the thing that, that you've just announced is, is that going to be um, like, you know, you already have a Kubernetes cluster on you target or does ShuttleOps also build up a cluster for you? Yeah, great, great question. Day one, we are requiring for the Kubernetes uh, support for you to bring your cluster along, but that mm -hmm. is a, a roadmap item that we are looking to bring in uh, very shortly after this launch is to also provision that cluster on your behalf as well. Uh, right now, we, we know that there are a lot of people um, who may already have their clusters uh, spun up either on-prem or using cloud managed services. So we didn't want to um, necessarily assume that you didn't have a cluster, uh, but that is a, a very soon roadmap item that is going to be delivered. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I would, I would expect the, the, the bring your own cluster model to actually be a preferred model because there's already a lot of different vendors. The clouds have their own Kubernetes yes. and then, exactly. you know, you, you're going to end up having to have a distro at some yep. point or, or partner with somebody. Yeah. a distro. It makes a lot of sense. And then, so, from that perspective, right, you know, provisioning a cluster, building something up, you know, provisioning VMs is pretty straightforward. What about ongoing operations in day two? Because that's, that, you know, what we're really talking about is, you know, the first code commit, the first deployments, you know, in, in my experience, hard, but easier compared to patching something that's already in, in the field. Yeah, no, great, great question. And so I think that the, um, the abilities that, uh, ShuttleOps brings into play is things like, you know, simplifying those uh, builds and, and um, artifact creations from, you know, if you're committing to master or merging into master or submitting a pull request, we manage those kinds of builds to trigger, uh, trigger those builds for you. Mm. Um, we have the concept of approval gates and kind of manual gates. So you can send everything to be queued to go to, to your dev environment or your demo or production or where have you. Uh, but maybe you want to send it through a, a deployment window or a manual approval uh, cycle. That's all kind of caked in there. So that makes that process easy. Um, and just the execution of it, the, um, whether it's on Kubernetes, we leverage you know, things like rolling updates to be able to deploy uh, there nice and seamlessly. Uh, when you're in the virtual machine uh, world, we also have the ability to roll out using the Chef Habitat uh, application lifecycle management. Um, so that really easily enables that um, updating of those artifacts by, um, by utilizing that technology in a, in a way that we've uh, invested in, uh, in our um, services experiences to be able to pass that ability on. That makes a ton of sense to me. I, I guess from that perspective, right? Manual gates are, are easy. 
is there a CI like a, a integrated test suite environment? How do you how do you gate automatically? Can you is there a test suite that you prefer, or is that something that you're expecting the developers to sort of throw a, a exit one when they when they don't want you to continue? Yeah, exactly. Good question. So as part of the um, Chef Habitat build uh, process, that is actually covered in in their lifecycle phases. So um, that's already naturally part of those. Um, that build process with uh, with Docker and, and container support, we're expanding upon that to um, mm -hmm. enable that those those different checks. And it's not just you know unit tests or in, uh, or integration tests. We want to we need to support uh, security um, scans and uh, dynamic code scanning and, and static uh, code scanning, for example. So all of those um, will be uh, different tasks that are different steps in that pipeline that you're building um, and you'll be able to easily configure those and set those up into those pipelines so you can you know make decisions based on them maybe they can be overridden by by a manager if you if you want to we want to support all of those kinds of real business processes that exist in the in the real world yeah this is this is where what sounds on the surface to be you know container deploy becomes a much more um, sophisticated uh, problem space as you as you sort of dig into it so exactly yeah and and it is it's very you know that the the complexity makes it very hard so having a nice visualization is a big deal that's that's a good ad i'm i'm interested in you know the kubernetes it's funny the kubernetes is is clearly a, you know a good strategy kubernetes community is 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 has is really growing and dynamic you started with habitat and i think habitat gets you know not and we've had we've had some chef people on, on in the past. We've talked about habitat. I'm I'm curious on why why start with habitat and just what your opinions are about habitat. Um, yeah, just, we just don't hear hear it as much as as I'd like to hear about it. So uh, absolutely. And uh, so I'll start with uh, one of the we have a great partner in chef. Our, our parent company in Deliant was actually named the chef partner of the year for 2020. So we have an amazing partnership with them. Really, really great organization to work with. Um, and their tool, their uh, chef habitat in particular, is extremely powerful. We, we were very early adopters in that technology to understand, um, understand it as it's uh, kind of root layers, so to speak. Uh, we've been really big believers in, in what it can bring to market. One of the challenges with it, in, in all fairness, is that it's, it's complex. It's hard to understand. It's yeah. hard to learn. We have a, a quite a talented team to kind of um, tackle that and take on any challenge, so to speak. And we have invested in that to understand its power. And so that's why ShuttleOps, it actually started that way because we're essentially unlocking the capabilities of Habitat without the users necessarily having to um, invest in that in that knowledge um, that knowledge investment because as they say as you do those with any sort of point solution um, that that knowledge is lost during attrition so uh, we want to pack that into the platform and and really extract the best parts of uh, Habitat which which has a, a great great play when it comes to uh, life application lifecycle management. Um, but I think that's that's been a, a challenge for for some organizations to get running with it is is its complexities to start off. Yeah, no, that's, this is this is the interesting thing because Habitat is, you know, very well thought out. It really does build clusters and it has a lot of syntax to respect, you know, cluster dependencies and graphs and things. I mean, they, they really, I, I remember when they were coming out with it and, and they, they 
it thought it through pretty well. It's, it's funny. When you were saying Habitat's complex, I was like, yeah, and Kubernetes says hold my beer. Um, exactly. <laughs> in comparison to that. And so um, these are, you know, un having a, a predictable way to, to sort of drive things into these platforms, I think, is, is a need in, in the community. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, because Kubernetes, uh, by all means, is it? It's no uh, no less complex. I think it it serves or it it's um, serviced by being backed by by Google. You know, anything Google mm -hmm. touches can can be um, be seen as gold, right? And so um, that's not a <laughs> knock at Kubernetes at all, but it, it has a different presence behind it to really get that uh, that um, that ball rolling. Um, mm -hmm. And and it has evolved. Uh, amazingly over time and yes it is still complex um but it's it is something that as you get in when you unleash the complexities just like with chef habitat when you unleash those complexities and and leverage them it's powerful and that's right. that's the best part of it but we just want to simplify that for for our users no that makes that makes perfect sense to me it's funny because that you know at the same time kubernetes was out there was swarm nomad habitat was was in that mix uh, mesosphere yep. And each one had a different flavor to it for as far as, you know, what they exposed and what the knobs were and the complexities. Um, you know, with you having both platforms, do you, you know, is there some commonality in the pattern that you can see from, you know, what makes a good, uh, you know, package application management platform? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think it's, it's very interesting because they do have a lot of, uh, a lot of similarities, but then they do have a ton of differences as well um i yeah that that is a really good question and i don't think i have an answer for you right now i love okay. the um i love the proliferation ability of kubernetes to be able to really dynamically manage an application at scale without um without having to worry about the infrastructure um that's one thing that habitat does not well, that's fine. They're they're different different aspects, but it's really you're you are trying to separate that uh, that ability uh, in the Kubernetes world, which I think is is positive because as you invest more in that um, in that technology, it is a bit of a uh, a silo in the sense that you can have those Kubernetes expertise uh, or have that Kubernetes expertise that you don't need to necessarily translate to your application team, the development team, for example. Yeah. However, I think over time, we want to see that convergence, right? Um, and that's something that it, it is always very interesting with these technologies that that boom out of the gate um, and get a lot of traction. You you almost create a new silo just as, as the world's been kind of breaking oh, down yeah. silos. Yeah. You, you create another one, by, you know? So it's always a, it's a uh, cat and mouse game it seems it's it is interesting it, when i when i saw habitat right the the two things that they took on to me um one of them was they were much more packaged like like they they didn't rely on containers as as a packaging initially I think, yep i think they, i don't know how much they do now um yeah which, they do support it now yeah they, they support it but at this you know at, at the time containers were coming out because packaging is a nightmare for this yeah, exactly that's right a lot <laughs> so that was important and then they also did like what cloud foundry would do where they have uh, a certain amount of network routing uh built into it so you don't you know the thing right things go to the right places if i remember my habitat uh correctly yep um, exactly yeah their their service rings the way they they operate those and have thought those through out is uh, yeah. is very powerful that that to me is where 
you know, we're still, as we fight through the service mesh wars, um, I feel like I'm, I'm talking like, you know, back in the days when we were in the service mesh wars. Um, maybe one day I'll get to say that. That would be, be nice to be nostalgic for that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it feels like the service mesh addition to Kubernetes, the requirements for a service mesh end up being um, indicative of, of a problem they didn't choose to solve when they, when they put the platform together. Um, so we'll, we'll see what's happening. I don't, I'm not assuming you have an opinion or an integration with the service mesh components at this point, at this point yet. That's a- Yeah, no, not, not at this point. That is, that is absolutely uh, to come because we, we need to. We, we need to support that for some of our more advanced uh, clients for sure. Yeah, I, I suspect um, being able to integrate and, and help somebody set up a service mesh as part of this is gonna, would be a big value add from that perspective, so. Exactly. So, um, you know, my, my virtual Steven is tapping me on the shoulder about, about timing. Uh, and I think we've covered a lot of the ground that, that I was curious about. Is there something we've missed on that we should, we should make sure we talk about before we wrap? Um, no, I don't, I don't think so. The, you know, I, I do want to, you know, appreciate uh, taking the time. Like this is, this is fun. I, I really enjoy kind of getting into some of these weeds and, and talking about how we've kind of come to be, uh, so to speak. So, you know, yeah. really just encourage everybody to, to give ShuttleOps a, a try. And, and, you know, we have a, a free forever tier that we, uh, you can engage with and, and see the power and not unlock the power. So I uh, just want to tout that once more, I guess. <laughs> Please, no, please do. So shuttleops.io. That's correct, shuttleops.io. Yeah, you can get signed up in, in seconds. And and then from that perspective, you have get you have code in a Git repo and you know what uh, any other prereqs for somebody to think about? Yeah, no, the, uh, there, there are actually no, no prerequisites. You, you can, if you want to bring in your own code, then obviously you need to connect with your GitHub, GitLab, or Bitbucket, uh, but you can do a local login, uh, just sign up with email and password, for example. Uh, we'll, we'll even provide you with a starter template to be able to uh, launch into an AWS account uh, on, on our behalf, uh, just as a trial. Um, so you can, you can see all the behavior, all the power without uh, really needing it to bring anything to the table. For the Kubernetes piece though, we do ask you to bring your own cluster. So that's the only, only requirement there right now. Um, and uh, soon we'll unlock that door for you as well, but that's, that's the requirement today. Oh, that makes perfect sense to me. And I, I love the idea that you could start with some reference and from, you know, you could actually walk the product all the way through from a, a reference base and, and exactly. see it go. It's not like you have to, to take your, your crown jewels project and then try and fit it in. You can actually get the start to finish experience. Just, you know, walk in, get it, try it out, see how it looks. And, and that, go. that's exactly right. No, no smoke and mirrors here. That's powerful. Dave, thank you. Appreciate taking the time. It was a great conversation. Thanks so much, Rob.